Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And we are all of you listeners cringing at the fact that we had to come up with 102 of these corny ass intros. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What is good? Uh, you know, things are pretty good. Like, I t- today was a pretty, like, neutral day for me. Not too crazy, not too not crazy. You know, it was a very average day, which I'm, isn't a bad thing. You know, I don't mind an average day. I will say, though, I, I'm sure Boyfriend of the Pod Jacob has told you, but we compete every day to see who does better on Wordle and Quirtle, which is four Wordles at one time. He does the hurdle, but I'm not good with music, so I don't think I've ever sent him a hurdle back because I never know the songs. But anyways, I today I was doing the Quirtle, and you have nine chances to guess the four words. Um and I was down to my ninth guess. I had all I had three done, and the last one I only had one letter in the correct spot. And I had I knew two other letters, but I didn't know where they were. And it was like the letters I had left were nothing. Like I I racked my brain for like 15 minutes, could not figure it out. And I just left it. And then he sent his, so I sent my wordle. And I was like, I'm stuck on Quirtle. I got to let it stew in my brain a little bit. And then I came back to it like six hours later and I was like, Oxide. I, that's it. It's got to be Oxide. Guess what it was? And I ended up winning. I won Quirtle. So sometimes you just got to let your brain stew a little bit. Yeah, I, when I used to do Wordle, we always would discuss if that was cheating. And it's like, "Mm, maybe, but also who cares? What's cheating? Letting it stew? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that you can take as much. You have 24 hours to do it. That's the rule. That's true. You got me there. I don't know why I always think to win you have to be good and fast. Maybe because I'm obsessed with Mario Kart. I think also it's just another layer of competitiveness that like, am, am I the best? Also, am I the fastest, you know? Yes, that's why I loved. What was that freaking game we played in science class? Quizdom? Yes, yes. Because you, if you got points if you were right, but you also got points if you were fast. Yeah, I think the, like, top, like, three or five got special bonuses or something. Yeah. Anyways, um, happy Valentine's Day to our listeners. It's not Valentine's Day yet for us, but we love you. Paige is holding up a hand heart, like the old kind, because we're millennials. <laughs> also, do you have anything special to say to me on this day? Do I? Yeah. Um, I love you, buddy. It's my half birthday today. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Happy half birthday, Paige. I always just think it's such a marvel that my half birthday is on Valentine's Day. I it's like extra attention for me, you know? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Did you mention this last year and I just forgot? Maybe. I don't I don't know if I've ever mentioned it to you. It's like I don't know if it's ever really come up. Well, now I know. I will say I went to Dutch Bros this morning and I opened my scanner thing and they said, we take half birthdays really seriously. Here's a half off coupon for you to use whenever you want. And I was like, "Okay, shut up. So I got my coffee half off today. For a week in advance? You have like seven days 
to use use it. They if they give it to you, I think like a week before the actual day, and then you have a week to use it. Huh. I need to I need to get on that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw on TikTok someone was keeping like a spreadsheet, like a Google sheet public of like all the different restaurants giveaways for birthdays. So if you're interested, that exists out there in the world, people. It sounds like something that was created by either a Virgo or a Capricorn. I'm going to say Virgo because Capricorns like to have money, you know, we, we love a sale, but. Well, I think that's the point is that like here are all the places that you could get stuff for free, you know? Yeah, but then it's almost like you're pandering. I guess. You know, I you're I valid. I personally do not fall into that camp because the Lou family motto, which my dad has been saying since I was like three years old, is if it's free, it's for me. So yep. <laughs> I'm dead. It is it is very Ron energy. <laughs> it is. Um, we have a new patron to thank this week. Josh, what's up? And he sent us such a nice little note when he joined on Patreon. So this is us replying to you and saying thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. Your message was very, very kind. And I know that this is like kind of like the last episode-ish adjacent, but we're happy to have you on now more than ever. Yes, totally. And that reminds me, so we have finalized our date for the Breaking Dawn Part 2 watch party. It is going to be, and we will remind you, Sunday, March 12th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Write that down, write that down! (laughs) And I think that might be Daylight Savings Time day. So let me make sure. It is. So just take that into account, people, um, because I don't know how that works in the rest of the world. I keep hearing that this is the last time the United States is doing it. I really don't know. But yeah, look it up and make sure that you're at the right time. And I brought this up at this time because people like Josh and also Meredith, who donated to the Quilute Move to Higher Ground movement, we do not have your Discord information. So Paige, you know how to say it better than I do. Can you explain? So basically, we have a Discord server that we all talk on when we listen or we watch the the movies. So essentially, what is required for the watch party is access to Breaking Dawn Part 2, whether it be renting or if you have it on DVD, something like that. Um, And then so you need to create a Discord account and then on a various form of social media, Gmail, anything like that. If you could just send us your username and your friend number, it's a four digit code that accompanies your username. We'll add you, I will add you for my discord and then I'll also add you to the server. So we'll need that before March 12th, but it's very simple, easy to set up. And it's a great way for us to chat live and send gifts and you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. That server pops off when we watch these movies. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. While I'm on the subject of deadlines, so we, our last, our wrap-up episode will be out on February 28th, but we are recording it a week before that. So you have until February 21st at approximately 4 p.m. Mountain Time to get in any questions, any thoughts, any things you want read on the last episode. Jacob had a good idea today to for me to show you live any memes that people have sent me that were spoilery that I couldn't show it to you. I think most of them will be on Twitter, so it should be pretty easy to just scroll through. But yeah, I'm excited to do that. And then we'll be coming up with a few questions that we're going to answer too. 
It's going to be a blast, like the biggest blast of the century. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I mean, it'll, it's just, it'll be a fun celebration of what we've done and, you know, our a fun final discussion, you know? Yeah, totally. And I might be hammered. I might be sober. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe a little half and half. Yeah. Okay, so recommendations corner this week. Do you want me to go first? I have it. I have mine. Okay, but do you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. <laughs> okay, mine is just a scent. You know, I was going to say a candle at first, but you can get it in soaps because it's a Bath and Body Works scent. You could get it in the fucking things you plug in the wall. I don't even know what all they sell there these days. Champagne toast. It's like, I should have grabbed, you know what? Pause. This is Japanese cherry blossom for grown-up girlies. <laughs> it is bubbly champagne, bright berries, juicy tangerine. I fucking love it. I will add on top of this as like a sub recommendation to your recommendation, a hack for the scent, honestly, not even the scent girlies, the scent anyonesies. And rather than buying expensive perfume or cologne, buy knockoff variations of the scent in the oil form. You get far more bang for your buck. It's like so much cheaper. And you just need like a dot on your wrist, rub it in, and it sm- you can get things that smell like hundred plus dollar colognes and perfumes. And it's, you know, like not a lot of spritzing, you know? I love that. And even then, I'm giving you permission to do and say what Cardi B says. I'm a rich bitch and I smell like it. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) One thing about me is I'm going to quote Cardi B. Anyways, what's yours? So mine is an electric blanket. I am a converted woman. I got an electric blanket for Christmas and it has not left my bed I mean I that's that's a lie I have taken it but like sometimes you move blankets around here and there like storage the only times I have moved the blanket was because I am planning on using it I just need to go to a new location you know it is getting its use out it is so cozy and Tina loves it and electric blankets are good for old animals and their bones to help them like you know not you'll not be as creaky you know so lots a dual uses for electric blankets and especially when it's chilly it's just really nice I love that so much is it also like kind of weighted like is it a heavier than a normal blanket it's heavier because there's like wires and stuff in it but it's not like a specifically like weighted blanket so why haven't they invented maybe they haven't I just don't know weighted electric blankets I think they have those I think they exist (sighs) immediately clicks out of the Skype so I can go buy one. <laughs> I mean, you got to you got to do what you got to do. I agree. <laughs> so, is there anything else at the top that we need to go over before we hop into this last chapter? I do have to say it was like kind of bananas bonkers bonzo when I turned the page and it's I saw the end. You know, like like it was just like, wow. That's the end, you know? Totally. I remember thinking when we started this, like, I was like, I don't even know what year we're going to be done with this. And then here it is. I do have to say this happened like when I was still living with Millie. So when we first started the podcast, her 
a long distance boyfriend at the time had come to visit and we I was reading I think we were in Midnight Sun at this point and he made some kind of comment where he was like wasn't the whole thing like a dream like it wasn't real or anything and then Millie like elbowed him and was like no spoilers like don't give Paige any spoilers and I was like I kept that in the back of my mind this whole time like is this all going to be a fucking dream? Like the last page is going to be like Bella woke up the night after meeting Edward or something. And it was like, none of it was real. And I was just like, it better not fucking do that. Cause I'm already upset. There was no battle. And I, I, the amount of relief I have that that was not a spoiler really in any way. Like, I think what he was getting at was that Stephanie Myers was inspired from a dream, but he just like had his, he didn't say it right. You know? But, like, oh, my God, the fury I would have had if that's how, like, the last page went, I would have I would have been screaming, crying, and shitting, and pissing. <laughs> I feel like Twilight would not be what it is in today's culture if it had that ending. Like, if you look at something like Lost, which if you don't want Lost to be spoiled for you, skip but ahead. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Wait, for real? I've never seen it. And it's on my I will watch it list. Okay, mute your computer so I could say this real quick. No, I still be able. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Okay, hold on. Oh, wait, wait, come back. What? I just realized that when you listen to it for reshoots, you'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I this is like defeating my point because I was gonna say like I feel like you would have gotten spoiled on that because even people who didn't watch Lost, aka me know how it ends because the ending was so bonkers and but you don't know how it ends so now it's the moot point (laughs) i do know that the ending a lot of people did not like it they were pissed off so i do know that i just don't know what the ending is i would have been so i don't think i would have started this podcast if the series ended that way (laughs) i'd been so mad i you know it, it's just it's cheap to me and there's already been enough frugalness in this book we don't need anymore <laughs> frugality everywhere we don't want it and then excess for the colons mm, off with they heads <laughs> with all that in mind do you want to share overall thoughts on chapter 39 the happily ever after so there were good things that i liked about this for sure i felt like it was like you know n- all of these past chapters have been very tense and you don't know what's going to happen next. And like, we don't know if the outcome is going to be bad or not. And this chapter was a very much a breath of fresh air. Like I thought there were a lot of like fun little quips throughout it. Like a lot of like zingers kind of. So it was just very refreshing to read everyone's energy being completely different and everyone happy and getting along. And like, it is nice thing like to have a happy ending like that. Don't get me wrong. I also, no one, well, I mean, maybe some people saw it coming. I did not see the Charlie Sue thing coming, but I love it. I'm like, good for him. Good for her. You know, I'm also dead that there's a possibility that Bella and Leah will be stepsis siblings. Like, that would be hilarious. Um, But I'm happy for them. You know, good for them. Um, I'm happy that Jacob is going to finally go home and see his dad. He's been gone for so long. Um, and, you know, the, the tender moments at the end with just Edward and Bella and the family they've created, it was it was very charming, you know, very like 
if I if I had read this as a kid, I would have I think I would have been very happy with the ending and very satisfied with it. Um, I was a little like peeved at Bella's like at foulness towards Nawel. Like and I like I saw I could see what was going on from the beginning. And the th- the fit that she's throwing that like Nessie's the only girl that's a part of his species like you know sh- they've only just met like nothing like this can happen and I'm like girl where was this when Jacob was had imprinted on your literally day old daughter like where was this at? Where, where was this energy you know a couple chapters ago um but yeah overall I'd say while I was disappointed there wasn't more of like action at the end I would say generally I'm okay with the ending and I'm I would say I'm satisfied I am glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a time jump like you predicted. So sorry about that. You know, it is what it is. I I think I would have been totally taken out of it if like we time jumped and it was like Jacob and Renesmee's wedding. Like that would have just been so bizarre. That lives on only in our nightmares and maybe the book that Stephanie Myers is writing right now. Doesn't she have anything better to be doing? Literally no. I I want to input that TikTok audio where it's like someone with flip-flops just walking away. Like, I'm out of here. I'm done with this. Agreed. Okay, so let's go over this brief final chapter. Um, We really, there's a time jump of like maybe a couple hours <laughs> um, from the end of the battle to when we pick up. But Bella is explaining that basically everyone has left. And she mentions that when... Zafrina and her sisters leave that, you know, she asks Bella to come visit her sometime with Renesmee. And I'm like, that'd be cool. I want to see them again. It's It was very charming to me. Like, I, you know, I don't think any of the other, um, the other vampires that were there visiting really made this kind of statement, you know, wanting to see other people again. Like, oh, you know, I bet they did in as they were leaving it just wasn't mentioned you know like I can't see the the Denali family being like bye hope we never see each other again like I'm sure they had a warmness but like that it was explicitly stated that the Amazons were like you know like come visit us like I I can't this can't be the last time we see each other like it's just it's nice they they really did enjoy meeting the family and like they had a good time together it's just nice it is nice Mila just jumped out of the window and I kind of like the parallels between Zafrina and Renesmee. Like, I think I said this earlier, but I feel like their gifts are really similar. Not that that, like, matters for their relationship, but I just feel like it's interesting to see them interact. I think also when you find someone like that, that shares some kind of common ground with you that isn't shared a lot, like you don't encounter it a lot, it makes that person just a shining star in your eyes. It's how I felt when we both found out we played Papa's. And it just it's just one of those things where it's like you live an experience that you thought you alone were experiencing it, but to find someone else who shares that commonality, it's just, it makes it feel so good, you know? Totally. And you thought we were going to get through one last episode covering the book without mentioning Papa's? Hope, you were wrong. <laughs> Hope I knew I knew it was a possibility. I didn't I didn't want to nix the idea completely. So, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) 
Thanks for your nice message, Hope. I said, what did I, I think I, oh, I, I said, um, it's good to have another Papa's pal in our midst. <laughs> I, we can have a conversation about this afterwards. I do not want to derail us on another, like, completely four minute long Papa's tangent. Okay. All right. So then Bella talks about how the Irish coven leaps next. And Siobhan, Carlisle, and Edward sort of have an interesting conversation about this as as the Irish Coven is leaving, because they're saying, like, Edward basically postulates that the Volturi will someday bounce back and maybe try to, like, come after everyone who was on the Cullen side today. And Siobhan says, Alice will warn us when they intend to strike and will gather again. Perhaps the time will come when our world is ready to be free of the Volturi altogether. Interesting. It is interesting, and this was yet again another thing that I'm like, I feel like Stephanie is, she's not like, she's leaving a couple bridges unburned. Like, I think she's giving herself a little, if she wanted to, this could be another area that she could explore in further writing. Like, it's not, it's not 100%. Like, if this is the way it ends, this is the way it ends, and it's like, Maybe a couple hundred years from now, something will happen, but that's not our problem right now. But if she did want to write something, it's been mentioned already. So it leads right on into it, you know? Yeah, it's honestly pretty business savvy of her. I do got to say, it's it's pretty girl boss. It, to me, are you a fan of the, um, the, uh, like the Conjuring movies and that whole like series, I guess? Uh, I think I saw the first one. It was fine. So the Conjuring and the Annabelle movies and the the Nun are all like in the same like universe, I guess. And there's a certain order you can watch them where like they they tie them all together, and the Nun ties back to like the very beginning and in like such a crazy way that it's like. I don't, the writers had to have known they were going to do something like this, like the planning that it took to like make it all tie together. And when you have all the movies together to see like what those pieces were as they place them together, it's kind of crazy, like the planning people do. So I could see Stephanie doing something like it. Yeah, I love when authors and uh, creators in general do that kind of shit. It's very interesting. It's very neat. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um. So then... There's kind of a long conversation about, like, the details of the fight and what the Volturi were thinking. But the long and short of it is that, like, according to Edward, at least, like, Bella really turned the tide because she basically, like, negated all the Volturi's, like, offensive powers. And then also the wolves showing up was, like, what caused the Volturi to pause in the first place. And I do got to say, on page 745, um, kind of towards the middle... It's just a lone paragraph by itself. Hard to feel confident when you're surrounded by horse-sized wolves. Emmett laughed, poking Jacob's arm. Jacob flashed a grin at him. I'm like, I need that fan fiction where they just go out and do dumb teenage boy shit together. You know the amount of fireworks that Jacob Black and Emmett fucking Cullen would buy. It would, it would completely disrupt, but in a good way, the Washington economy. 
I don't, I really thought for a second when you were saying fireworks, I know this is not biologically possible for one of them, but I really thought you were going to say farting and I was going to laugh so hard. I, I'm not saying it. they wouldn't try. <laughs> it would be like Jackass, like the Jackass movies. Precisely. It's it, it's the, the himbo. I feel like, you know, Jacob in another life could be a himbo if he wanted to commit to that. Um, I think they would get along swimmingly, though. Yeah, I do, too. It's so cute to think about. On uh, a less fun note, I do want to say, since we're on page 745, towards the bottom. So there are real werewolves, I asked, with the full moon and silver bullets and all that. Jacob snorted, real. Does that make me imaginary? You know what I mean. Honey, I hate to break this to you, but this whole werewolf thing with the Quileutes, this is imaginary. This is real. I know Stephanie didn't intend to roast herself, but it is kind of a self-roast. Oh, because she, like, made it up? Precisely. Yeah. It, she had to get in one more self-roast in this book, you know? And I'll let her do it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so they briefly talk about for some reason, maybe it's to write another book. Yeah, that what is it? what is it? The children of the night, children of the moon, <laughs> children of the corn, I believe. Love that. What would you be? I'd be children of the chicken wings. That's a good one. Um, hmm. <laughs> children, children of the corn dog kids cuisine meal. So relatable. The dinosaur-shaped nuggets like came with like a little bit of pudding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so then Bella confronts Alice about leaving them, about making Bella think that they were all gonna die and not telling her the truth. Just her and not Edward. I'm like, I'm with Alice. I'm like, you could not have acted enough. This is the part that I think is the absolute most hilarious in the entire chapter. Just at the bottom of page 746. But you knew there were other ways too, I accused. You knew there was hope. Did it ever occur to you that you could have told me everything? I know Edward had to think we were at a dead end for Arrow's sake, but you could have told me. She looked at me speculatively for a moment. I don't think so, she said. You're just not that good of an actress. This was about my acting skills? Oh, take it down an octave, Bella. Do you have any idea how complicated this all was to set up? I am dead at take it down an octave, Bella. Like, let's be fucking real. You are not a good liar. (laughs) I know. That was so true and so funny. (laughs) And I I agree with you. I am 100% on Alice's side. Like, if Bella knew, there's no way she'd be able to pull it off. Yeah. Yep. And also, like, I don't know. I feel like she wouldn't have been able, like, I almost feel like her ignorance helped her with Jay Jenks. Like, I feel like she would have been, like, bad at being like, I need fake birth certificate or whatever. I don't know. I just feel like it wouldn't have gone as well. Yeah. You know, it all worked out, so we don't got to be upset or anything. Yep. Speaking of Jay Jenks, while I'm on the subject, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but I'll come back. Page 749. Oh, Jasper, I asked as we turned for the door. Yes, Bella. I'm curious. Why is Jay Jenks scared stiff by just the sound of your name? 
Jasper chuckled. It's just been my experience that some kinds of working relationships are better motivated by fear than by monetary gain. I frowned, promising myself that I would take over that working relationship from now on and spare Jay the heart attack that was surely on the way. A happy ending for old Jay. He, I, well, I don't want to say he deserves better because, I mean, he's maybe done some shady dealings. But all I know is what I know of Jay Jinx is he's just sweating and stressed out. And he's just trying to eat his pasta at his private room in the restaurant. Like, let a man eat his pasta. Amen. That is a good motto for life as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back a little bit is something that Paige already mentioned, which is Bella being kind of rude about Noel and saying that she's uncomfortable that he's staring at them because she thinks that he like wants to pursue Renesmee when she gets older because he's the only she's the only female of his species that's not related to him. Here's my thing. That don't make no damn sense. Because if they're both immortal, why can't he just date other vampires? It's not like she's the only girl in the world, you know? I I think you're 100% right. I don't know how closed their community is, because it seems like they live amongst family, and all of the other women that he knows are his sisters. So I don't know how extensive they, like, travel, if they're even aware that there are other, like, female vampires out there, you know? That's true, but then wouldn't he have seen them all that day and just been staring at all of them, rather than this one literal toddler? That's a good point. That's very valid. There's a lot of hot single ladies in this group. (laughs) Siobhan's big boobies. Oh, no, wait, she has a mate. Never mind. (laughs) I like that the boobies are, like, their own character. (laughs) They are. Can I also add something on your point as well? Yes. I also, like, like let's just say, hypothetically, that Nawel is thinking, like, these thoughts about Renesmee. Would Bella not realize that Edward could read his thoughts? And, like, Edward is not having any negative response to him at all. And I'm pretty sure that, like, if if he was thinking, like, terrible things... Edward would have some kind of reaction to it, you know? He Edward is, like, in the best mood. She's she's described as, like, the happiest she's ever seen him. So, like, with, I don't know. To me, that's, like, that's a good sign that nothing is awry right now. I agree. That's a really great point. I hadn't thought about that. To close the loop on the well, Edward explains when Bella and him get alone together that basically he's just intrigued or, like, kind of touched, I guess, by the family that they have, you know, because he always had blamed himself for killing his mother. Um, just And he had just thought he was a monster, but he sees with Bella, Renesmee, and Edward that, like, he can kind of live the life that he wants to, and so he's beginning to forgive himself, which is nice. I think it's really nice because what I thought was happening was that he was almost feeling a longing of like wanting that that motherly love that he never was able to have because his mother died, obviously, in childbirth. And so hearing that it's like it's a little bit of that, but it's more so him realizing that like what he is doesn't make him a monster. It's what he does with it that dictates like what kind of a person he is. I I thought that it was it was actually really nice. Like it it fleshed him out more as a character and I really liked that for him. 
I agree. And I hope, I mean, this is not really ever said, but I hope that he kind of sees that motherly figure in Helen because, you know, she obviously has sacrificed a lot to kind of stay with him. So this is a quote. It's a very famous quote. Um, it reads, and it, it reminded me of this, this scenario. I see now that the circumstances of one's birth is irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Can you guess who says it? No, tell me. Um, you too. He's a Pokemon. He says that. But it's an, actually a very powerful quote because he really grapples with his own existence because he was created by humans. And I don't know. I think it's relevant to this conversation of just realizing, like, just because this is who I am, I can I can choose the person that I'm going to be, basically. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Shout out uh, you too. At first I thought you said U2, like Bono, and I was like, why don't you just say Bono? <laughs> no, they all said it at the same time. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're pretty much drawing to a close here. Um, will you read the bottom of page 751, where she says, tomorrow, and we find out about Charlie? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> tomorrow, I would go see my father. He would see that the fear in my eyes had been replaced with joy, and he would be happy too. Suddenly, I was sure that I wouldn't find him there alone. I hadn't been as observant. I haven't. I hadn't been as observant as I might have been in the last few weeks. But in this moment, it was like I'd known all along. Sue would be with Charlie, the werewolf's mom with the vampire's dad, and he wouldn't be alone anymore. I smiled widely at this new insight. Yeah, it's nice. There is a brief, at, at least to my understanding. There's a brief hint of this, only one earlier on in um, this section of Breaking Dawn, where I don't remember exactly what is said, but Charlie's talking about inviting over Sue and Billy. And then he says, or maybe just Sue, I don't know, and like trails off. And Bella's like, there was something weird there, but I I was too busy thinking about my own impending doom to realize what it was or whatever, you know? Totally. And, like, looking back on it, she is there a lot, like, throughout this part of Breaking Dawn. But you kind of didn't really, I mean, at least me, I didn't really think much of it because I knew that the Clearwaters were close with Charlie. And, you know, it it wasn't outlandish of me to think that they would spend time together, you know? Totally. Yeah. I hope that Harry is okay with it in the great beyond. I think Harry's given a big old thumbs up. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Charlie's a good man. He's a good man, Savannah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the last scene is Edward and Bella have gone back to their cottage. Nessie, I hate that I fucking said that. Renesmee is asleep in her room. And Bella shows Edward a little something something she's been working on, which is where she intentionally removes her her shield so that he can hear her thoughts. And so she goes over like, you know, it's just like their little love story that she shows him, which is kind of cute. It is really cute. And, you know, I know that what the allure, I think what originally brought Edward and Bella together was this, this strangeness that he couldn't read her mind and how he wanted it for so long. But 
then kind of came to the realization that like he kind of didn't want it at the same time like like I he was happy and content with the fact that he couldn't read her mind even if it intrigued him and I'm I'm sure he still feels that way like just the thought that like he's now come full circle and like I don't know he he gets to experience this like little bit of their relationship that he's just never been able to and I don't know I just think it's it's very touching and I will say there's been a lot of grossness but I will say it's a little cute (laughs) I was just about to say I have two final thoughts one of them is petty (laughs) because I can't let us stay in the cute for too long because last episode you predicted that there was going to be more breath talk. We didn't get breath talk, but you know what we did get? Jaw talk. Taking us right back to the fucking beginning. The jaw was like the first part of her face that he kissed. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> um, and then the the second thought that I had was a little bit more wholesome and kind. Um, I just think that this is like a positively ironic way to end it because literally for two and a half years we've been complaining about how they don't see each other clearly and they don't understand what the other one is thinking and so now like at least Edward will finally get a fucking clue that Bella likes him you know that's a really good point it only took 1600 pages to get there (sighs) lord Okay, did you have anything specific from the chapter that we didn't cover? It's not necessarily from the chapter, but I did obviously get to look at the vampire index at the end. And I gotta say, how do we know that the Volturi's wives, these are their names? I don't think they're ever named in this book. Yeah, no, it's probably, I mean, she comes, she came up with, like, backstories for all this in the little, like, guide that she released, which... Would be fun for you to read someday, probably. I think it would be extremely boring to come on the podcast because it would just be like, next character. (laughs) But yeah, I have it, so I can lend it to you. I just, I love their names, like Sulpicia. Are you kidding me? That's like, that, if you, if you have a baby and you name it Sulpicia, they're destined to become a vampire. Are you killing me? Are you killing me? Are you kidding me? Athenadora? That's exquisite. Beautiful. Yeah, she sounds hot. (laughs) And I, like, I'm also looking at, like, who's Corin in in the Volturi Guard? I don't think I ever heard his name. Who the fuck's Santiago, you know? Yeah, I don't remember. I feel like one of them is Heidi's mate. I don't really remember. Oh, no, because they would be connected. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I I, I think it's fun. I I don't get it all. But, you know, it's interesting to look at. Yes, I agree. And seeing Alistair's name reminded me that someone was like, hey, someone go tell Alistair so he's not hiding for the next hundred years. I thought that was a funny little one-liner. I I am picturing he's like at the bottom of the ocean, like they'll never find me here. <laughs> oh my God. Um, obviously, we'll talk about wrap-up thoughts on the whole series next time. But do you have wrap-up thoughts on Breaking Dawn? Things that surprised you? you know, the book as a whole? I mean, there were a lot of surprising parts about this book. Um, I 
I thought it was interesting that it wasn't all from Bella's perspective or it wasn't all from Jacob's perspective. Like there was a little mix of both. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So that was interesting. Um, Took some twists and turns that I wasn't anticipating. I think, I think if I had read this as a youth, I would have enjoyed it more than I did as an adult but I think that could also be said for all of the other books as well. Like, I was really disappointed that there wasn't more fighting. But I think that's because I've, like, I've watched, I've engaged with enough content where, like, this would have been a really fascinating battle to read about. And, like, there was just so build, so much build up for me that, that I wanted it so bad. But I think that if I was a kid and reading it, the fact that there was no fighting would have been such a relief to me that, like, everyone gets to live that I think I would have really, really enjoyed that. So, you know, I think that that's one kind of takeaway from this book that I think it would have been more engaging to me if I was a younger audience. But that doesn't necessarily mean I didn't like it or anything like that. Yeah, that makes sense. No. And this this book had the most interesting characters of all the other books, you know? I it was It was very fascinating to read about all the other vampires. So I thought that was cool. Totally, yeah. She really pulled out all the stops with introducing all those people basically at once. Yeah, one freaking chapter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was really glad that Leah didn't die. You kept predicting that, and I was like, girl, okay. Because she already, like, has made her basically infertile, which is really fucked up, as we have discussed, based on how Leah is an indigenous character, I was like, if they, if she had killed her, I would have fucking protested in the streets. Well, the thing was, was that she had already been treated like a shitty fucking character and was, like, made for us to not like her. So I'm like, why wouldn't she write her being killed, you know? Yeah, true. But joke's on you, Stephanie. We love Leah and we love Rosalie. Take that. I did see a TikTok. It's so refreshing now that I can just engage with, like, there are way more Twilight TikToks on my For You page now that I can engage with all of the content. And I do. Um, and I saw one where it was like somewhat, they were playing one of the movies. Maybe it was Breaking Dawn Part 2, but it was the the credits where it like shows all of the people who play characters. And I guess everyone in the theater was cheering or booing for their favorites. And it was like all was like everyone was on the same page and like no one cheered for Leah and it like really bummed me out. It made me sad. That is a bummer, but I feel like hopefully this will make you feel better from what I've seen in the fandom on various platforms, especially Tumblr. Like there is a resurgence of Leah love. Like people really love her. There's whole accounts dedicated to her. So I feel like she got her, she got what she deserved in the end in a good way. That's good. Okay, that is very reassuring to me. Charlie got, I think, the biggest woohoo out of everyone, out of all the the characters. I mean, the casting for that was just impeccable. There will never be a better casting in all of film. What about Styles slash Dylan O'Brien? That's not film, that's television. <laughs> Touché. Although the Teen Wolf movie did just come out, I need to watch it. Anyway, it has crossed over into film, but he's not in it, so I guess I'm still right. Case in point. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> this is like us trying to write a conclusion to our fucking two and a half year long novel. So I guess I'll just give you the socials because it's my week to do it. 
make sure you get us anything that you want um, shared on the final episode, final wrap-up episode by February 21st. You can do that and just send us anything you want, as you all know, on any of these following platforms, colon. <laughs> we are on Twitter at TaftPod. We are on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. You can email us at Tuesdays are for Twilight at gmail.com. You still have time. I mean, we're, we're going to be doing the movie on March 12th. So you have like basically a month-ish to either donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. And I also have a note about that. So put a pin in that real quick. Or um, you can support a really great cause that we've been so grateful and blessed to have shared the, or spread the news about, spread the word about uh, over the past two and a half years. And a lot of you have donated, which has meant so much to Paige and I. And that's the Quileutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. You can find out all that information and donate at mthg.org. And then one other thing that I wanted to say about Patreon is that Patreon is a monthly charging service. And I did want to let you all know that we will be shutting down our Patreon account in March so that you're not paying for content that is no longer being released. Because I know I've forgotten to cancel my card on things. And yeah, that's not fair to y'all. But we did just want to say, like, we never expected to have listeners, much less people who, like, gave us money. And so it has been super, super cool that y'all have supported us and paid for our podcasting fees here and there. And yeah, it's just been so nice. Yeah, if you think about it in that sense, like that really is like what Patreon has like benefited us for is that we can make this podcast and like get to share our thoughts and like get to experience this content with you all. And it was like because of your help that that was a small, tiny burden taken off of our shoulders. And so in a way, this is not only just our podcast, it's also your guys' podcast, too. So, you know, thank you. That's so true. All right, so next week we'll have bloopers out for you. I'm thinking it'll probably be a longer blooper reel because this book's so damn long, but I guess we'll see what I have in my little repertoire of bloopers. I Every time you release one, it, it really is just a treat to hear back all the, the garbleness that we say. <laughs> garbleness, I love it. Okay, well, we'll obviously do one on our last episode, but for our penultimate episode, not counting the blooper reel, what are you going to leave our listeners with this week? We are all connected. You sh- you are connected to every blade of grass that you feel under your feet. You are connected to every drop of salt water in the ocean. You are connected to the stardust that falls onto the earth. You are connected to the planets, to the sun, to those around you, to the soil, to the birds in the sky, and also the bugs too. Know that we are all connected through life force and we share more in common with others than we don't. Remember to share happiness with those around you. Let your life force shine bright. You are stardust walking. You are sunbeams walking. Shine forth. Be you. Do God's mission. And that's all. (laughs) The way that that could have had four different endings and you just kept going. 
bleep out God's mission. That's not it. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> we will see y'all next week for our blooper reel from Breaking Dawn and in two weeks for our final wrap-up episode. Um, thanks and bye. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>